0: If you've never done that, try that one time, at least once. Go to God and tell him, this is who you are to me. I call you Savior. I call you Healer. Yes. Yes, yes. Amen? Well, let's pray. My brother Tim's out. He's not feeling well, so let's pray for him, shall we? And uh, Charlie and Virginia are not with us at the moment. So I'm just going to go ahead and pray over the food now, if that's okay with you guys. It'll it'll be pre-blessed, okay? All right? God's the one that blesses it anyhow. It's not me. Father God, I lift up our brother Tim to you, Father, and you are healer to us. You are healer, Lord God. I know, Father God, you are a miracle worker, but you also use the immune system that you have placed within us to do a work, Father. Every time a person recovers from a disease, they were healed by you indirectly because you gave them an immune system. But I ask for supernatural healing for our brother, Lord, that you would touch his body and that you would recover him, Father God, by the power of your mighty Holy Spirit, by the stripes that Jesus bore for our healing. And I thank you for him. I thank you for everything he does for us, Lord God. He is a blessing. And recover him, Father, recover him. And we agree that you're working in his heart, his, his, his heart, his mind, his body, spirit, soul, and body to effect a healing and a cure. And we agree now that it's done because Jesus said we're two or more agree here on earth concerning anything. As touching heaven, it'll be done by the Father. And so we agree here it's done. And in Jesus' mighty name, amen. And Lord, I also ask for the food, Lord, that you bless the food, bless the hands that prepared it. Uh, bless our time together, fellowship, that we get together and, and break bread and just spend time in your presence and talking to those around us and loving on them. And I thank you, Father, and in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Becky. That was great. get so quiet without the keyboard up here, I just got to have her play through the whole sermon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she would, and that's okay. What better place in the house of the Lord to cry out hallelujah, you know, what better place? Okay, so, um, yeah, um, a lot of announcements going on right now, and, and uh, yeah, I'll be... I'll be sharing with you all just a little bit later, you know, like, like Charlie said, who, the, who our special guest speaker would be. Expect something to come up in Facebook or, you know, maybe an email or something like that. And So you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Okay, so then, uh, big announcement. It's like every, every, every week I've got a big announcement, you know. Uh, the big announcement is that, uh, as, you, as you know, God's moving us out. And so this is a season of excitement for you all about what God is going to do next. Now, because, um, I mean, he, he doesn't leave you without a plan. You know, he, he wouldn't do that. Now, uh, uh, so I, I have mentioned to you guys, okay, we, our time frame was the middle of December to the beginning of January. And because of the way that housing and, the, and jobs have worked out, where we have a, a narrow time window to get out there, also with the coming uh, snow and everything. So our last Sunday will be the 11th of December. Which is at the very beginning of that time frame I originally gave you, um, and so if we if we want to be able to feed our family, we have to <laughs> we have to we have to be there uh, when the job has said you have to be here. And so, okay, uh, we will do that. Also, begin, again. You know, the um, the weather is a big deal. It, it's it's Tulsa. There's snow, and so we need to get out there before that. Time frame, because if we miss that time frame, it would actually be a burden on the church because uh, whether you have a, a, a local person become the, the next pastor here or not, the parsonage needs to be open so that it can be used for the church's uh, increase. Amen. So we need to be able to do that. And then also my parents are coming out to, uh, to help us, and they wanted to be out here earlier, but there is a ice storm over Mexico that is, is making it so they cannot come until the 7th. So if you'll be in prayer for them, for their safety when they get ready to come, okay? Um, I think I think that is it. Are you all okay? Okay. Okay, so then uh, Iris will be available to hug anybody who needs a hug. Yes, I have three hugs. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'll try to keep the message short. Uh, I want to make sure we get in there and, and have time together. So uh, I heard a, a certain pastor tell a story one time, when he and his wife had driven through the night to their home after ministering at another church. They had been doing it this; uh, they've been preaching nights, and so they have to drive all the way back. And, and so they had slept about four hours on this particular night when a knock on their door at 8 a.m. woke them up. And so uh, he kind of lumbered to the to the door. He's exhausted. He's tired. His hair's all disheveled, you know. And he opens the door, and uh, there was a woman and her sister there, uh, who the pastor, had, this certain pastor, had ministered to in in the past. In fact, uh, God had healed that woman of a tumor that she had had the size of a grapefruit, and it was a that had taken a place a little over before, a year before that when they had ministered to her. And anyhow, they asked the pastor if he had time to speak with them, and he told them. Yes, just a minute, so they, you know, he and his wife got dressed in a hurry, and they, then they opened the door and said, okay, c- come on in, you know, and they brought them in the, in, into the living room to sit down and talk, and it turns out the woman had developed another tumor, and the doctors had told her that this new tumor was not related to the one that, uh, that God had healed her of previously, and so now he assumed that, uh, okay, she must have come to ask for prayer for healing, and so he spent some time talking to them along that line about healing, and uh, because we believe in healing, yes, God is a God that heals. And so after a time, the woman said, to be honest, I'm, I'm not necessarily concerned about the tumor or not. She said, actually, I've made such a mess of my life. I've made so many mistakes with divorces and raising my kids. She said, I really just want to get to the place where I was with the Lord and then just go on to be with him, is what is what she was asking, you know. And uh, the minister then thought, well, okay, uh, because she looked so sad and pitiful uh, that she must have committed some some sin that she was feeling guilty about. So then he starts ministering to her along that line about talking about how the word said there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You be free of the burden of, of, of uh, or the guilt of, uh, the the sin of, the burden of sin is what the word calls it. The, that that um, uh, guilt because of, oh, I've done all these things. And well, no, you know, First John 1, 9. So that's the way he's ministering to him. He's, he's, well he, he said, well, Uh, let's all get down on our knees and start praying then. So he said, we'll pray. So he says, now you don't need to confess any sins to me, but as we pray, you tell God, and he'll be faithful to forgive you just like 1 John 1-9 said he would. You know, it doesn't produce a feeling, it produces a fact. You know, that he'll, he'll, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin. And so the woman thought for a while, and she said, you know, she said, as far as I know, I haven't done a thing in the world wrong. And, uh, in the telling of the story, this pastor thought to himself, well, they, they got me up in the middle of the night, in the middle of my rest, at, 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 at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's st- st- he's still in the middle of the night for us, the way we're operating right now. And so he sa- he says, I, did. He said, I, did, I, I, I guess I did act just a little aggravated, and it just sort of made him mad. He said, well, then just get up. Just get up then. Just get, just, let's just, you know, just get up off the floor. And he said, just sit back on the couch there. And he said, he said uh, and he thought, I, I wasted 45 minutes trying to help her, you know. And so once she was back on the couch, he asked her, if you haven't done anything that you know is wrong, what makes you think you're not where you used to be with God? Well, she said, I, I just don't feel like I used to. And he said very sternly, he said, that doesn't have a thing in the world to do with it. He said, it had nothing in the world to do with it. He said, we've been, we, we, been driving in, in, in the morning until 2 every every." Uh, every night you know he said here I am up in the middle of the night. He, he told her he said if, if I was going by feelings based on how I feel having done this and driven and driven and driven and now he's all, he's all exhausted he said, he, said, if, if, he said if I had been going off of my feelings I'd be having you pray for me and he told her many times when I get up to preach I, I, if I was to go by feelings I'd say to the congregation well you know you all need to pray with me I'm backslidden if we're going by feelings is what he told her and she said, she said, you mean preachers are that way too? He, she said, what do you do then? He told her. He said, just sit right there and watch me and I'll show you what to do. You know, whenever Jesus, te- Jesus would, would teach and then preach and then there was demonstration. Amen? He said, I'll show you what I do. And that, he said, that, that should help you. He, he, he said, I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to worship God for a moment. He said, this is what I do when times are hard and I feel nothing. And, and, and with, with her and her sister and his wife, they were watching. He began just talking to God. He said, thank you, God. I'm so glad you're my father. I've been born again. I'm a child of God. I've been born of God. You are my very own father. I'm your very own child. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. I have eternal life. I'm born again. I've got the life of God in me. I'm so glad, Lord. And and he said, I'm glad that Jesus said that if you believe on me, my Father and I will come and make our abode with you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are living in me and making their abode in me. And I'm so glad of it. And I want to thank you, Father, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible said, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. That's the Holy Spirit. The greater one lives in me. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit dwelling in me, living in me, abiding in me. And he said, as I was saying these things, giving thanks to God. And he said, that is exactly what Jesus talked about in the Gospel of John. This is what you do. You stir up yourself. And he said, as he started giving thanks to God like that, he said, at first I felt dead. I felt dry and listless. He said, but, but as he continued to give thanks to God, God touched his heart and He started laughing with joy. And the woman said, your face just lit up. You remember where the wor- in the word where it said Jesus rejoiced in the spirit? Mm-hmm. So when God touched the pastor's heart and he laughed with joy, the woman said, she said, your face just lit up. And, you know, Thanksgiving, thanking God for what God had done for him led to praise. Praise led to Joy once I was leading worship for a church and this visitor came through kind of a, you know, um, he had had a hard life. He'd come through the gang life and everything and so he was there because his brother had invited him. And he, he went to his brother after service. He said, that little red-headed guy up there. He said, that short little red-headed guy. He said, he was, his face was shining. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do but laugh? <laughs> okay, yeah. Praise God. Well, if he did it for me, and for that pastor, rest assured, he'll do it for you. Because it's not about where you've been. It's about how God has redeemed your life from destruction. All the old things are passed away. All things are made new. And so you just start praising God for what he has done. It's like that song, you know, that, we, that, that new song that we just brought in. If, 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 when I count the troubles that I see, hope, hope, seems all but, hope is all but gone. But when I count the ways that you're good to me, you, you've got me praising all day long. I mean, it's, it's the truth. Don't focus on you. Focus on him. Amen? And so, you know, she said, well, your face just lit up. She told the pastor, your face just lit up all of us. And He said, yes. The presence of God was there the whole time. I just acknowledged him. Then she asked him, can I do that? He said, yeah, you can do that. And so she closed her eyes. She began to give thanks to God the same way. And eventually God did the same for her. He said God touched her heart. Her face lit up. She started laughing in joy. She was happy. And that pastor said, you know, I don't remember that we ever prayed for her healing that night. But the tumor disappeared. She went back to the doctor. Got a report. Tumor's gone. Since God's the one that provides the healing, he's the one who chooses how it comes. If you're asking God for healing for something, don't try to plan out for him how he's going to do it. Don't say, I need to go down to this certain healing line and have this certain person pray over me. No. Just believe, thank him for for healing you, and then if he gives you something to do, do that. If he doesn't give you something to do, just go on and say, thank you, God, I got it. Amen? And that works for anything that God has said in his word that you can believe him for. So find out what he has told you you can believe him for. Because don't don't end a prayer for healing with, if it be your will, Lord, because he's already made his will known about that. Dude, don't do that. That's an effective prayer. I'm just telling you. Don't say, if it be your will. No, because he's already said, by Jesus' wounds, you were healed. Yes. Just because you don't see it right now doesn't mean it's not a fact, a spiritual fact. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. That's not in my notes. Okay. So, but the, the point of the story is the value of giving thanks to God as a starting point. And I mean, you can continue to give thanks to Him all through praise and worship, and it, because uh, th- th- Thanksgiving really is a form of worship. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so Thanksgiving isn't just the title of a holiday. You know, Thanksgiving is me doing something to show I am thankful. It's an expression of gratitude. Okay. Let's turn in the Bible to Luke 17. I'm reading this out of the New the New Living Translation. You all with me so far? Amen. <laughs> well, it's like I told you before, you know. I want you to be more and more dependent on God. And less and less dependent on anything else. So here in Luke 17, look down at verse 11 with me. It says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Okay, so uh, now a leper is a person who has leprosy. And uh, that's a terrible sickness that people still die of today. Uh, you, know, you know, when you don't feel well, you go, you, know, you, you, you go to the doctor to seek a diagnosis. Something's not right. I go to the doctor to find out, uh, to get a diagnosis, to get a report, okay? And then he will give you, prescribe you a treatment. Old Testament law was the treatment. Jesus is the cure for sin. Now, I didn't mean to get into that. But, but the point is, is that God that, that you're given medicine to, to help you feel better, hopefully. And so even with our medicine today, there's, no, there's still no, no cure for the sickness that these lepers had. Okay, we can treat it. But well, we can't cure it. If you look it up, you find out. If people take medication, all the effects of it go away. But if they stop taking that medication over time, symptoms will start to return. So this is a, a, sick, a disease that ha- there's no cure for it. Okay? And it was so bad at that, back then that people who had it weren't allowed to come close to people who, uh, who, who didn't have it. Because, see, that's why they stood afar off, crying out toward Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on us. Because they're, they're, they, can't, they can't approach him. Okay, so then look at verse 12 again. As he entered a the village, there ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. In the law of God that, that God gave his people, a person who had a sickness like that, they were supposed to wait outside the camp for a while, and then later they were supposed to come back and show themselves to the priests as a public testimony that they were cleansed. Of their sickness, and then they could rejoin the community. Okay, so Jesus tells them, Go show yourselves to the priests, but they still got the leprosy. And he said, Go show yourselves to the priests as a public testimony. That's what he said, as a public testimony that you're healed. And they were healed, it said, as they went. They were not healed until they started to go. To use their faith as an expression of faith. Because you can express faith just like you can express thanksgiving. (laughs) So, and that's why I said, if you're believing for healing for something and God tells you something to do, what he's doing is he's asking for an expression of obedience and faith. Because usually what he tells you to do, you don't want to do. I'm just... (laughs) God told me while I was believing for healing for a cold one time, and God said, take some echinacea. And I'm like... <laughs> and I, c- I, couldn't, uh, I didn't have any at that time. And, so, and Tabby was working at the pharmacy. I called her and said, hey, when you're on your way back, can you bring some echinacea? She said, okay. I took it once, and within like two hours, symptoms were completely gone. Echinacea doesn't work that fast. God just... It, it, just obey. Do, do as I say. Do, if, if you And sometimes he, he's just healed me and he hadn't had me do anything. He's just healed. Amen. Amen. Okay, so then Jesus usually healed people more directly than how he's, he, he's healed. I mean, see, sometimes he lay hands on people. Sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he gave them something to do. Because the gifts of the Spirit operate as the Spirit wills. Jesus chose to rely on the Holy Ghost. So now, he just tells them, go show yourself to the priest. So if they had not done that, would they have been healed? No. No, No, absolutely not. Because it would have been disobedience, and they would have kept that. So I believe they're healed because they were obedient did what Jesus said. Even though they could not see any signs of getting better as they were standing there, they actually had to go. Amen? So look at verse 15. Boy, this is just like a teaching on healing today, but that's not what, we're, what we we're after. It's Thanksgiving. So verse 15 says, one of them, one of the lepers, who's no longer a leper, by the way, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Hmm. So one of these guys, after seeing he's healed, he did three things. One, he came back. Two, he gave God glory. Which means he took the time to point out that God did this for me. And then he began to thank and praise God. And that's what giving glory, God, God glory means, in case you ever wondered. What does it mean to give God glory? That, <laughs> right there, that's an expression of giving God glory. And then the third thing he did is he fell at Jesus' feet to give him thanks. He's pretty thankful. Really, because Jesus had given him his life back. Now he's got his life back. He had no life. He's he's on the outskirts. He can't. Amen. So look at verse 17. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he didn't mean that in a derogatory way, because we know that back in, in uh, uh, when God first instituted the, pa- the, the Passover, back when they were still in Egypt, he said, if, in, if there's any, any foreigners, any strangers living among you that want to partake, let them draw near. So Jesus has no problem that he's a foreigner, but he's, his holy point that he's making here is that he's a Samaritan, and how does he know better to give thanks than to God's chosen people? So he says, "No one returned to give God to give God glory except this foreigner." And Jesus said to the man, "Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you." <laughs> so Jesus says, "Where are the other nine? I think people in general have a hard time with giving thanks, showing gratitude. This is shows that this is a minority here. That's willing to give thanks, and I, and I heard a Bible teacher one time talking about this very passage, and he said, you know, and I and I, I happen to agree with him. He said, th- he said, it's, 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 he said, as far as I can see, it's always the minority that is willing to give thanks, never the majority. And then he said, you know, there's a reason that if you go to uh, a, a store that's got that's got thank you notes, he's like, there's a reason that most of the thank you notes are flowery. He said because even. Commercial, even uh, secular companies recognize that women are more likely to give thanks than a man is. And I thought, hmm, that is, that's sad. But my mom always told me, you make sure you say thank you to people. Okay. And, and it's right. It's right to do that. So, verse 9 again. Jesus said, Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And we see Jesus, he gives, he gives the man some encouragement here. you done well. You did well. Now, did the others lose their healing because they didn't come back to give thanks? Well, the Bible doesn't say that they lost their healing, so we have to assume that they were still healed. Because God is merciful. God does good things for people all the time, and he doesn't get Thanks. Could you, could you imagine a parent, they give their child a whole toy, and they say, well, do you like that? Well, okay, well, you didn't say thank you, so I'm going to have to have that back. Right. Give it back. No. God's kind. Amen. And he gives people time to make things right with him. He's gracious. He's a good God. And so there's a lot of things that we can learn from this story. But what's the main reason? The main lesson that I see in this story is that God expects his people to give thanks. Right. It's not because he wants us, wants to, us to stroke his ego. It, it's, it, giving thanks is actually helpful to us. Because I, I want you all to ask yourselves a question. Have you ever noticed? And see, j- just, just I mean, just the spiritual side of it. Give thanks to God, that breaks into praise. Praise breaks into... Joy, joy breaks into strength, strength breaks into victory. Hallelujah. But then, just on the other side, have you ever noticed that, w- that if you thank a person for, for doing something for you, they're usually willing to do something more for you later on? Verse 17 in the, in the first chapter of the book of James says these words, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. That's God. The light of the world, with whom there is no variation or shadow turning. That means God doesn't change. He doesn't change. If he was good yesterday, he's still good today. If he was gracious yesterday, he's still gracious today. Amen. If he's long suffering yesterday, he's long suffering today. Hallelujah. But it said, every good gift, God may use people to give you his gifts that he has for you, and he does and he blesses them when they bless you. He wants to be able to bless people for blessing others. So if he tells you, bless somebody with this, then you you reap what you sow. I mean, he could just provide it supernaturally. Sometimes he does. But many times he inspires you or I to give something, whether it's time, whether it's work, maybe you fix something for him, or maybe you cook something for him, or something like that. It doesn't have to be a... Uh, uh, like a gift card to wherever, but my point is, is that God wants to. Um, he wants us to sow blessings, or, or, or uh, yeah, He wants us to sow blessings to others as a result of. I mean, and then reap blessings, so that we can bless it. That's why said people you hear people say, "Lord, bless me, so I can be a blessing," and that's a good word, if 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 the if the motive is right. You know, if the motive is right. So, um, if there is any good thing around, based on James, then it's only there. It's only there because God spoke it into existence. Okay, Paul Davies, one of the most renowned theoretical physicists in the world, he said, and he said, "The appearance of design is everywhere." He's talking about in nature. What that means is that scientists, some scientists anyway, are beginning to see that without God, the universe could not exist. And So even man-made things from factories are made from material that was on the planet that God built. And so in the book of Genesis, we learn that after God made everything, he saw that it was good. It wasn't until Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed God and sin entered the world that, that the good things that God had made entered a fallen state. But even in a fallen state, there is still provision for us to survive and continue to tell others of what Jesus has done. Amen. Amen. So which, that's why the title of today's message is Simply Give Thanks to God. Simply give thanks to God. Because, because th- uh, this is a simple thing. Giving thanks is a simple thing. Simple. Okay, so it's part of our relationship with him. To give thanks. And so I want to turn over to Psalm 100. Oh, I didn't know that. This is Iris' favorite psalm in case any of you are keeping track. Okay. In case you are writing down things about people. It's her favorite psalm. Okay. And so Psalm 100 says these words. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. So, when someone is invited to another person's house, as the invited person walks through the door, usually, not always, but usually they'll say something like, thanks for inviting us over, as they enter the threshold, right? And it's good to do that. It says says here in verse 4, enter into God's gates with thanksgiving. Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, let us come boldly. Before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in time of need. Did you know that you have a standing invitation to come into God's presence anytime you want to? If you said out loud, Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart, God's raised him from the dead. You have a standing invitation to enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and go boldly before his throne. To receive mercy and grace in time of need. And it didn't say to come groveling or trembling or begging. It said to come boldly. (laughs) Now consider this. Anytime you go to God in prayer, you are not going into a physical building. But he still has gates and courts. Courts. And the word said you should enter those gates with thanksgiving. Now, uh, you remember we talked a while back about that, that series about how God wants to, you to be his place of rest. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so this is the secret place. Whenever I pray and I, and I, and I approach God, I'm entering his gates. Amen? And the deeper you go... The further you are going into his courts. Just think about it. Amen. Just a few chapters from here, and see, because again, we're talking about Thanksgiving. What do we give him thanks for? Well, you can thank him for his promises. Even if you don't see something that he, he has promised you, you don't see it right now, you can say, I thank you, Lord, that you have promised me this. Well, what's that? That's hope. That's looking forward to the thing that you're praying for. And faith is the thing that gives your hope. Substance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in Psalm 103 right here, it it gives us some things. It It says, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Some things to thank him for. Amen? So, and I I like how the New King James renders that, who satisfies my mouth with good things. I always think of, whenever I read that, I always think of those little baby birds that when their their mother comes back to the nest, they're like, you know, it's like, what do you got for me, God? If it's from you, I'll take it, God. Just complete trust, just, just, whatever you have for me, God, my mouth is open wide. (laughs) Amen. Did you know that giving thanks to God reminds you of what he's done for you in the past? If you're taking notes, you might want to write that one down. Giving thanks will remind you of what God has done for you, and it will also point to what he will do for you because what he's done for you in the past, he will do for you again if you believe in him and trust him. Now notice in verse 4 again, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Did you notice in the story with the pastor that I told at the beginning? He started with thanksgiving, but he continued, and then he got over into praise is just lead into praise, because you start thanking God for what He's done for you, and pretty soon you're just like, "Thank you, I pra- I'm praising you, God, for what You've done for me," and then I can praise You for what You will do for me, yes. Amen. and what You are doing for me. So there's a natural overlap between Thanksgiving and praise, because the gate enters, goes right into the court. Step over to the threshold into the court. Amen. So again, praise. Praise then breaks into joy. Like I said, in the past, I have to say it to you this way, and I said it to you probably 10 minutes ago, Thanksgiving breaks into praise, praise breaks into joy, joy breaks into strength, strength breaks into victory. Why do I keep saying it over and over again? Because it's very, very important. Everything God does, He seems to do in layers. Amen. Isaiah 61 said, Jesus has given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I love that. It implies that praise, you can, you can take praise and you can put it on like it's a garment. What I like about that is that I can put on a garment regardless of how I feel and what my mood is. I can put on praise regardless of how I feel. Amen. Amen. I can choose to give thanks to God and I can choose to praise God. I can can choose to express joy. And, And by expressing joy, you release joy. We talked about that, how joy is contagious. It's designed that way. These are things God has designed. They're things you can't see with your physical eye, but they exist. And God has them there to help us. The book of Nehemiah says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Strength leads to victory in a difficult place. Can't have victory without strength. And it's the Lord's joy. That's why joy will come upon you when you are praising God because it's His joy. It just want to bubble up out of you. Yeah? Because it's His joy. (coughs) Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He makes all